Hey guys, Ross here. Um, this is going to be a little different um, than the normal podcast. There's just a lot going on. There's a lot to talk about. We're kind of at our breaking point um, when it comes to officiating. Uh, this past weekend, I was up in Boston working for referees crease um, at home in the last two months. So really, obviously we haven't recorded in a while. So since Labor Day till now, I've worked close to 70 games between men's league, uh, youth hockey, juniors, um, college is obviously back in full swing with ACHA and CHF. Um, it's October 7th and I'm 70 games deep in my season already. Definitely not something that um, that I would have expected. We've had um, on the referees crease Monday night Zoom call, lots of discussions. We've had clips. We've had abusive official stuff. Um, I mean, there's just so much going on right now, and there's so much to say, and there's just so much um, – we as officials have been dealing with for this um, for this past really since you know since Labor Day, between the new application of the rules from USA Hockey, whether it be um, automatic offsides, um, always icing even while a team is shorthanded, um, obviously the application of body checking, which um, which is definitely interesting. I know for me, I've felt like in the past month after 20 years of doing this i'm honestly it feels like i'm relearning how to referee hockey and it's um it's definitely something else you know like what is a clean or what was a clean check last season and for pretty much the past 20 years that i've been doing this is now not necessarily a clean check whether it's you know a guy a guy releases the puck one, two, boom, we get a, you know, a guy finishing his check. Um, or um, like I had a play this past weekend, um, player skating to the zone, chips it by the defenseman. Instead of the defenseman turning and going to the puck, which is what USA wants now, this defenseman threw a beautiful hip check. But I got to call it. Like, puck's gone. You got to turn and go to the puck. Um, now we have a, a news article that came out yesterday um, up in up in Massachusetts. Um, obviously, I think most of us have seen this at this point. Um, what I think I'm going to do real quick. Hold on. Let me uh, let me get this set up. I'm going to share my screen and we are going to uh, watch this video. Um, let's see here, share sound, optimize clip, screen, um, that's what I want, so share. All right, so here we go. Massachusetts youth hockey has a bit of a problem. There is a huge shortage of refs this season. League officials say it's because of the way referees have been treated by the parents, coaches, and players. NBC10's Kat Sotnik has some shocking examples. 
A viral video from 2020 in Kingston shows a youth hockey coach assaulting a referee during a game. And now Mass Hockey says some games have been canceled because of a major referee shortage, due in part to the abuse of these refs. We've had issues with parents trying to walk across the ice to go after officials. Bob Joyce is the Mass Hockey president. When you hear this incident of a referee quitting because the parents are screaming at her in the middle of the game, leaving, you have parents and coaches screaming at an official in an 8U game, you know, that causes the official to quit or have to be escorted out of the rink. These are the kind of things that catch our attention. I think parents should know that there's a tipping point and we're there. Gene Binda helps place these referees, and it was his brother who was assaulted in this Kingston video. He says it was a 15-year-old female referee who most recently quit two weeks ago after being verbally abused by parents. They didn't just yell at her. They berated her. It was, it was over the edge. In another case this season, Mass Hockey says the abuse was so bad, a referee needed a police escort after a game. Megan Murphy is a hockey mom and says we need to set examples for the kids. They really are volunteers to help us keep our kids playing and keep our kids active. This isn't the Boston Bruins. It's not college hockey. It's youth sports. Without officials, players, and coaches, you can't play the games. And Mass Hockey says they have a zero-tolerance policy. And after that 2020 physical assault of the referee, stricter penalties were put into place. Reporting from South Boston, I'm Katherine Sotnik, NBC10 Boston. All right. Um, so that's the first um, of, the, of the videos or of the news stories that got released. So bear with me while I pull up this other one. Um, and we're at a breaking point. I saw one of the numbers that came out of Massachusetts in particular is they're down 900 officials from pre-COVID numbers. Like this is absolutely insanity. Um, and a lot of us are, you know, I mean, a lot of us are picking up where, uh, excuse me, where we have holes to fill and and one of the big problems right now is too like we're having games go with one official like that's unheard of um we're gonna watch this second news clip and then uh so let me get this set up real quick and watch this second news clip and then we will uh we're gonna dig a little deeper into this Now at 10, bad behavior on the ice has led to a referee shortage in the state. It's not the players acting up, it's the parents. Good evening and thanks for being here tonight. I'm Vanessa Welch. And I'm Mark Ockerman, Boston 25 News reporter Wale Aliou is standing by live in Weymouth with video evidence from referees showing parents and coaches going too far. Wale. Hey guys, watching some hockey here. I got to tell you, it's been so bad. The mass hockey presence says they are short about 900 referees, meaning some of these games are going without any officials. We have stats, and now we have people banging on the door. This hockey referee is sitting outside a locker room door, preventing an angry coach from coming in. I don't think he was asking him to go to dinner. He wouldn't leave the bench, stayed there for about five minutes, shot us the bird. He didn't like the call. He, that people get boxes over the smallest things. In this clip, after things started heating up on the ice between 15-year-olds, 
things started heating up in the stands. Parents out of control, coaches out of control, uh, emotions run high, and sometimes they cross the line. Because of situations like these. Young female official getting berated by parents and coaches to the point where she decided at the start of her three-game set that she wasn't going to do this anymore, walked off the ice. Mass Hockey President says several referees have either not returned the season or left since the season started. I don't blame them, and, and I'm sure my boys play other sports too, and I've, I've seen the same type of things. The referee shortage, although coming from the choices of just a few, birds in the air. is now chipping away at the quality of the sport. I really feel bad for the other 2,000 games that go off. We're worried about the three or four that are making the news today. And making the news today, Mass Hockey President tells us that the penalty, the penalty for unruly conduct could include being banned or suspended from these games. For now, it's the very latest live in Weymouth tonight. Wale Aliou, Boston, 25 News. All right. Let me uh, get squared away here. So two news stories. Um, Mr. Uh, Gene Binda in both, uh, the Massachusetts hockey president in both, basically talking about what's going on. And it's absolute pure insanity um, with the amount of abuse of officials that's going on, the amount of referees that were down. Um, so it's 900 in Massachusetts. There's only 600 officials here in the state of Florida um, total. And actually, as of today, um, one of my um, state staff relayed to me that we have within in uh, just in my area alone, um, 45 referees that are showing incomplete. So they've either they've done their seminar or they've done, you know, one of one of the things in the process, but yet haven't fully completed what they need to do. And then we have 50 officials that just haven't even registered. Our last seminars are coming up. We have a, a level two, three on the 20th of October. And our last level one is, um, excuse me, on the 20, 23rd of October. So it's just an all around massive shortage. It's again, unprecedented. It's just, it's insane. Um, this past weekend, I was up in, like I said, I was up in Boston. I was working for uh, for Gino. Um, the video or the second uh, news clip, the video of the uh, the referee sitting in the ref room with his back to the door, um, is a good good friend of mine, uh, really good official. He's uh, working all sorts of high level hockey, and he's doing a midget game two man. And this kind of stuff happens. They make a phone or they make a, a penalty call. Coach goes nuts. They tee him up, continues to go nuts. Uh, they gas him from the game. He leaves. Then he comes back, guns a blazing, you know, middle fingers up, yelling and screaming. So finally he said, you know what? We're out of here. And I don't blame him. They left the game. They went in the room and they blocked themselves in the room to the point where no one could get in and then had to call 911 to get um, an escort to get out of there. We had also mentioned in the news story both times, there's a 15-year-old female official who was doing, if I'm not mistaken, I believe it was uh, under 10 uh, U girls games. 
and the a few moms in the stands were were so bad were verbally abusing her so much that after her first game of a three-game set she said you know what i'm out of here i don't blame her you know like it's ridiculous that a 15 year old girl who wants to be an official who wants to give back to the game who has all the potential in the world i mean all of us at 15 have you know the, our whole our whole officiating career ahead of us so it's just it's insane that you know she's having to deal with this um let me see if i can go through here um, let me see if I can find it. Okay. So I posted in our, um, our referee, uh, Facebook group. Um, if you were in charge for a day, what would you do? I need some solid answers here. If you were in charge tomorrow, what are some things that you would do to fix the problem? Um, we had, we had some good ones. Um, I'm not going to read every comment. I think it's up to 150 at this point. So one of my favorite ones is um, drop the kids off and don't come back till after the game. Basically drop your kid off at the rink, go home, watch the game on live barn, come back and pick them up. Um, obviously pay was, uh, was part of the issue or part of something that, you know, people brought up. Um, Cause we have a lot of cases where guys aren't necessarily getting paid enough for their time. Um now, granted, that's up to the local associations to determine, uh, you know, the the locality rate. So, you know, in in Florida, it might be one thing, and um, Texas, it might be another. In Massachusetts, you name it, you name the state, it's all going to be different. Um, so, obviously, you know, figuring out what your time is worth. Um, that's something that I strongly recommend that if, if anyone has any issues with what they're getting paid, you go to your local association and say, hey, here's the abuse that we take night in and night out, whether it be from parents, players, coaches, men's league, um, hockey directors, you know, whatever, whatever abuse it is that you're taking, um, run it up your chain of command. Um, and, uh, you know, go back to the rinks and be like, Hey, you know, for what we're not, we're not getting paid enough for, you know, what we're doing. Obviously that might not necessarily be the case everywhere. Um, so that's just something that, you know, do your own uh, due diligence on that. Um, let's see here. I'm just trying to breeze through some of the comments and try to find some other ones. Um, scheduling, obviously we'll have issues where there will be like a midget game, a squirt game, a midget game, um, or there will be breaks. So obviously like the scheduling could be better. Um, one big thing that has come up multiple times in here is coaching education. And I've brought it up a few times with people. Like, hey, why can't we require on the coaching side them do a yearly seminar? Because I know, or at least I'm under the impression of, like once I'm a level one coach, as long as I pay my fee, I'm a level one coach. And then when I go to level two, kind of the same thing. And then from there, they don't have to do a rules module every year. 
Like, why shouldn't they? They absolutely should be given a rules presentation every year from the USA side. Um, not having the local associations take it upon themselves to go to the coaches and be like, hey, just so you know, here's the new rule changes. I mean, I, I think that's something that that needs to be um, addressed. Um, another thing I know over the years, it has gotten more and more, I wouldn't say complicated, but there are more and more steps when it comes to registering with um, with USA, for example. Obviously, we have to you know go online. We got to do our our modules now. We got to do our open book online. We got to do safe sport. We got to do our background check. We got to do our closed book. We actually have to go and attend the seminar in person or via Zoom. So there's a lot of steps. Um, I know USA's, you know, kind of streamlined it in some ways. And, you know, this is no fault of their own. I understand that, you know, there are things that they're doing, um, like the safe sport training and the background check stuff. That's mandated by you know, by federal law or whatever it is, um, you know, if, if you're over the age 18 and you're going to be around new sports, you should have to do safe sport. Um, is it the best training in the world? I don't, I honestly don't think so, but I don't have, you know, uh, I don't, I don't know how to make it better. That's just not my area of expertise. Obviously background checks, we got to do our criminal background checks. Um, to make sure that we don't have the wrong people around these kids, which obviously ties into safe sport. Um, let's see here. Uh, some other things that were, you know, put out there were um, fine association. So there should be ways that, so like in my state, Sayhoff, so the statewide amateur hockey of Florida, right? So if, if we're gassing a coach from a game, why isn't there a small fine for getting kicked out of the game? Like, why can't we have some kind of, you know, even if it's if it's 20 bucks, you know, you get thrown out of a game, you you owe say off a 20 or, you know, whatever that that is. Because I mean, obviously in professional hockey, you get thrown out of a game, junior hockey, you get thrown out of a game, you're paying some money. Um. I mean, do, uh, education for the parents, obviously. Um, I've also been saying for years that, you know, when, when you sign up your, your child to play youth hockey, whether you're signing up your, your uh, you know, six or seven-year-old to play cross-ice mites, or you're signing up your 17-year-old to play 18U, I think the parents should have to do as, you know, a module, a couple of modules as well you know, basic rule stuff, you know, offsides, icing, this is what body checking is, this is what our officials do, that kind of stuff. Um, I think if there's a better understanding of the game from a parenting side and from a coaching side, maybe we wouldn't be in this situation. Now, you know, there's also the due diligence that we have to do on our end. Um, I feel like Continuing education for referees is something that we always need to do. Like if you're not out there learning, if you're not out there always trying to get better, why are we out there? Um, I know for me, I try to learn, you know, maybe something little every game, whether it be, you know, what I could say or shouldn't have said or, 
maybe um, better positioning or um, just, I mean, heck, you know, there's obviously a long laundry list of things that we can all do better on the ice, whether it's our, our, our hustle, our level of effort. I mean, obviously we're at the point now where some of us are doing five, six, seven, eight games in a day. So obviously we have to pace ourselves to be able to work that many games. And then we got other guys going out there by themselves doing a freaking midget game. Like it's this, it's not okay. Um, I mean, obviously we got to do what we can to get these games covered. Cause I mean, granted it sucks for the kids and it's not necessarily the kids fault um, that we're in this situation, but you know, at the end of the day, all of us that are officials probably played growing up. Um, obviously we want the kids to do a better job with how they treat us, but we definitely, um, we definitely are trying to do right by them. So it's, it's definitely a tough spot. Um, I think too, we're seeing more and more leagues step away from USA. Um, I've heard of tournaments getting their own specialized, you know, their own insurance so that they don't necessarily have to have officials that have experience that have decided to no longer continue on, on the USA hockey side. And maybe they have either, maybe they're either in NIHOA or they have NASA, which is something that I just recently signed up for um, on my own accord, just as a CYA thing. I mean, I do, some games that are outside of USA hockey. Um, so it was, it's a $116 membership for the year. I don't, I'm, I'm just putting this out there. This is just me talking off the top of my head. So it's um, NASA. I mean, I'm sure if you Google it, you can find it. They, it's a supplemental insurance thing. Um, it's just a, um, uh, a sign of the times where, we have organizations saying, you know what, maybe we have to figure out a different way to go. Um, I know, and like I was saying, like there's, they're getting, there are tournaments now that are just like, hey, we'll take anybody, anybody that's an experienced official, whether USA hockey registered or not, we'll, we, we got to get these games played. We got to get these games filled. And like I said, they're getting their own supplemental insurance to be able to make sure that if something does happen, you know, they're covered. Um, obviously we're all afraid of, you know, the, the almighty lawsuit and all that. And that's why I went out and got the NASA insurance and whether you're, you know, NASA, NIHOA, AAU, if you're playing a game that is, you know, AAU sanctioned, uh, there's, there's other things out there. Um, now, as far as the, uh, you know, back to the USA, like if I were to put you in charge stuff, I mean, some people are asking, hey, you know, why are we doing so many modules, this and that? Well, look, if you've been an official for a long time, like myself, obviously the option of going and getting tenured is there. Um. So this, this person wrote, besides the 600 steps to register, orient, orient, orientate, and test out, what drove me nuts or what drove me to hang up um, my skates were the assigners who would badger me to no end about picking up games or shun attempt to shame me for not picking me up, them up. 
Um, sure, pay increases might help, but the culture of referee associations can be just as toxic as the team themselves. Um, you know, I, I, I'm fortunate enough that I don't, I don't necessarily have that problem. Um, I've always said the best of it, the best ability as an official is availability. And then from there, like you're going to work a bunch of games and you're going to get better and you're going to move up. Now I can't speak to, you know, a lot of the officiating associations across the country. Um, it's obviously all different. Um, I know one of our, um, one of our referees north of the border was asking for not requiring a proof of vaccinations for coaches, um, but they are requiring it for officials. Um, beside that, crackdown on abusive officials. I did a summer league, and if you said a word, it was an automatic penalty shot for the other team. So if there's an abusive official situation, um, you would award the other team penalty shot. Okay, I'm on board with that. Um, obviously, we need to figure out a way to make it enjoyable again. At the end of the day, this should be fun. You know, I, I've – in my 20 years of doing this, um, I've almost hung it up a few times. And the main reason why I'm – well, there's two reasons why I'm even still here um, as an official night in and night out. And um, I'll never forget, I was at North American School of Officiating, school run by a bunch of NHL officials, um, uh, Scott Driscoll, um, Steve Miller, Paul Dvorsky, Greg Dvorsky, um, you know, that, that generation of officials, uh, Don Van Massenhoven, Bill McCreary, um, uh, Dan O'Halloran. I'll never forget one of the things that Dan O'Halloran told us as a group was if you're ever truly done officiating give it one more year like if you're like man i just don't want to do this anymore you know i can't take the travel i can't take the abuse i can't take this i can't take that finish that season give it one more year and maybe you'll get yourself out of that funk so that's one of the reasons and the other reasons is the guy i work with um made a lot of good friends in this business um i know a lot of them listen to this podcast and I hope I'm doing you guys right by it. Um, like I, uh, I hung out with some guys this weekend. Like one guy I worked with uh, Coastly Game two years ago. I haven't seen him since, but picked it right back up uh, this past weekend. When he gets a trip down to Florida, he's going to hit me up and we're going to hang out. Told him, hey, come down a day or two early. We'll go to the beach, whatever. So it's just one of those things like, you know, we're in this together. This is a brotherhood. And regardless of how we're treated by coaches or parents or players, we have to have each other's backs. Um, you know, I um, two weekends ago for the first time in 20 years of officiating, I threw out a parent. I've never done it before, but I, um, I know that, you know, that's a message now that we're sending, Hey, zero tolerance. We got, we, you know what, we just, we got to use the tools that are in our toolbox. So, for, so my story, I just going up and down the ice third period, like five minutes left in the game. I called B at just a random tripping penalty. Like it was just an obvious trip, no big deal. And um, the team that I called the tripping penalty up was up like four to one or five to one in the game. 
So obviously, eh, whatever, I'm just going to call it. No big deal. And then some guy yells, you didn't have to call that asshole. Like, what the hell? So I'm like, whatever. So I kind of turn, I blow my whistle. I point, you can leave. Nobody moves. So I go over to the bench. It's like, so whose dad just called me an asshole? Kid stands up. Oh, it was my dad. You want me to tell him to leave? Absolutely. So I told him to leave. Um, so it was my first time in 20 years kicking out a parent. Um, I've never kicked out a coach still, but that's coming. Um, I know for me, you know what? I'm done. I, I It's funny. I, I joke and stuff and like, nah, I don't do it because I feel like if I'm going to be out there, you got to be out there. If you can't, if I can't go to the, to the bar and get a beer, why should you be able to leave and go get a beer? But I think that mentality out of me has got to change because it's not fair to the next guy that comes in and refs that same coach who I let get away with things. And, and you know what, I'm, it's going to happen. I'm going to do it. I'm going to, it's just, you know, that's just what it is. Um, and I know like, I'm lucky to have this platform. I'm lucky that you guys listen to me. I'm, I'm, you know, uh, there's a lot of times where I'm like, man, I'm just, I feel like I'm, <laughs> I'm just a nobody guys. Like, you know, I do my games. I've worked the levels I've worked. I appreciate everyone that, um, you know, re- uh, reaches out and says stuff about the podcast. Um, I know I met a lot of guys at the symposium. I saw some guys over the weekend. I get messages. We are going to come back here soon. I'm trying to set up. Uh, I got, I got a bunch of people lined up. Um, we just, uh, obviously life gets in the way. I know I'm, I'm finishing my bachelor's degree in December. Finally, uh, Brandon took a job. Um, so he's been busy, but you know, everything that's, that's happened, um, for the last, you know, the last couple of weeks, I'm like, man, this is boiling and boiling. And now we're, we're just kind of at that point. Um, and then the emails that I see too, like coming across from the different, uh, the different organizations that, um, that I'm a part of we're having games go uncovered because we just, we just don't have enough bodies. Like things are nuts guys. Um, if anyone has any stories or whatever, want to talk, you know, feel free to reach out. I'm, I'm pretty, uh, pretty available when it comes to my social media, whether it be on Facebook or Instagram. Um, if anyone just needs anyone to, you know, blow off steam to about officiating, feel free. Um, I was talking to uh, one of my best friends in this uh, today. I'm like, dude, I need a break. Done, you know, 70 plus games in September. So I'm going to take not, not this coming week, but I think the week after. So the 18th, 19th, the week of the 18th, I think I'm going to take that week. I'm not going to work Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday. Now, granted, I have to teach a seminar that Wednesday night, but Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, I'm not. I'm not going to skate. I, I just, I need some time, time off um, to kind of recharge the batteries and get her going again. Um, especially with, you know, the uh, pro hockey season gets going. Um, let's see here. I got another, uh, another, another comment here. I want to read um, as far as what could we do to make it better? Obviously I would streamline the process of being trained and certifying. It makes no sense the amount of hoops that threes and fours have to jump through. 
mentoring needs a much needs to be a much bigger piece of the pie than it gets. I think that's really where USA drops the ball. Now, the mentoring thing is more on the associations. I will say that. That's something that we need to do better. I mean, that's something I need to do better. The rules are a cluster, but they are what they are. Let's keep in mind, guys, the rules don't come from um, the officiating side at the national office. They don't. It's not like um, the director of the officiating program, the RIC, um, and the other, the other guys that sit in Colorado um, just sit in a room and say, what can we do to, you know, change the rules? It's not how it works. I think it's a committee of like 80 to 100 guys. And, you know, the rules get submitted by anybody in USA Hockey. You guys have all seen the form. Um, it's definitely interesting how things got passed, though. I heard a little birdie in my ear tell me that they don't think a lot of these rules would have gotten passed if they were on Zoom or if they weren't on Zoom. If they were in person, a lot of this stuff probably doesn't pass. I know I got a lot of coaches that say to me, hey, what's the deal? Hey, guys, I'm just here to enforce what they tell me to do. Don't shoot the messenger. Like I had, whether it's coaches at home here, um, coaches this past weekend, like, hey, this stuff's ridiculous. Like, yeah, I know. It is ridiculous. Because it's funny, I, I refereed a premier USPHL game just the way I always have, right? So, fr well, fr I'll start with Friday. I did midgets, two-man midgets. Oh, my goodness. So, lots of penalty calls there because we're playing the USA book. And, of course, at this tournament, there are a lot of teams that don't play USA. And um, it was just interesting. Hey, sorry, this is just the USA book, guys. This is how it is. So, I got a call to that USA standard. And then I go ref uh, – I put the armbands on, do a premier midget or a premier USPHL junior game, NCAA rule book, NCAA standard. Cool. Up and down the ice, you can finish your checks, you know, got to, you still got to make an attempt to play the puck, that kind of stuff. You got, we all know the standard there. And then two hours later, I get off the ice, I'm like, okay, now I got to get back into USA mode and then completely shift my standard again. Um, it, and it's definitely rough. It's rough on all of us, especially our guys that are working multiple rule books, whether we're um, guys that are working Division One NCAA, USPHL, USA Juniors, um, our guys that, I mean, we had a couple of guys this weekend on the ice up there that um, they're referees in the American Hockey League and the ECHL. And they're out here doing juniors and then they're out there doing USA. So like, holy cow, talk about a standard swing, go from USA to the American league. Like, holy crap. Um, obviously we also need some development incentives moving up. Uh, it's hard to pitch to a 16, 17 year old kid. Hey, you know, you know, you could get somewhere with this. And then they're head like, Oh, I'm going to go to the NHL. But then they, get a couple years into it and they, they realize, you know, the, 
whatever hiring process that's there. But that's, you know, that's one of the things I always tell people, don't worry about that level. That level finds you. You work as hard as you can to get to the highest level you can, and they will find you. So, but the incentives, you know, as far as, you know, obviously the pyramid thins, thins out the higher up we go, whether it be, you know, even just being a, a local linesman in whatever minor pro leagues close to you, whether it be, you know, the SP, the Coast, the American League, um, the Fed, um, or, you know, being a guy that gets to work those USPHL junior games or NA or NA3 or USHL, like those are our incentives, but we got to get these guys interested enough to be able to at least work grassroots. And it's just, it's just tough. And like, I know here in Florida, like one of the things we can finally say is, it's like, Hey, we got a Floridian that got hired to the national hockey league as a linesman. Congratulations, Killian, by the way, like that's freaking huge. So like, that's going to be a tool in our toolbox. You know, maybe we'll, you know, down the road, he'll be able to come to seminars and stuff like that and help us out within the state. But it's just one of those things like, hey, this guy from here did it. You might be able to, too. So there's got to be incentives there. I mean, obviously the pays, you know, incentive enough for most of us. And a lot of guys are saying, hey, the pay is not that great. Understandable with everything that we take. But we just we got to figure out a way. And I, and I know, obviously, like I'm just sitting here ranting at this point. I don't even know how long I've been recording. Um we got to figure this out as a, as a team, like team stripes, like that, that's all of us. Like I didn't take the, the, the name in itself is, is, is everybody. And, and, you know, I, I posted in my Facebook, uh, my thing, I said, please don't let this go sideways. Just looking for opinions on what can be done. Remember we're on the same team and we are, we, we've got to figure this out on our own, like within ourselves, like there's gotta be a way, and two, like, if you find something that works, share it, you know, share it with, with, with the groups, with the guys that you know, that are all over the country. You know, if something, if something works for you in Minnesota, tell your guys, your friends in California, Hey, this is what works for us. Something works here in Florida. I'm going to tell the guys up in mass. I'm going to tell the guys in Midwest, Hey, this is what we're doing. And this is how it's working. Like, and it's just crazy too. Like I know here, we were um, we were looking for guys to fill some high level scrimmages, and we're going down our list, and our depth chart is like whoa. Like, I thought we had I thought we were deeper, and and that's nothing against all of our guys here, at all or really anywhere, but it's like holy cow. Um. We're, you know, I'm not getting any younger. I'm 35 years old at this point. Like I'm on the down end of my career. Um, I mean, granted, I've I've dropped 25 pounds and trying to work hard so I can be in the best shape I can be to work the highest level that I'm working. But it's like I ain't a spring chicken anymore. And we got to figure out who's coming up behind my group, like my guys, like. Um, we have a few here and we're lucky to have that, but, but still like, it's like, holy cow. And that's a problem everywhere. Like, um, it was awesome though. Like this past weekend when I was up there, I worked with this kid, 17 years old, working his first NCDC game. Kid was phenomenal. 
like this kid skates like the wind. I had a couple of things for him, a couple of things for his partners. Like, dude, like slow down, like enjoy it. Like, don't be so jumpy. Like you're like the energizer bunny out there. Not realizing that it was his first NCDC games. And um, wow, but man, the kid did a hell of a job. It's like, holy shit, this kid's going to be good. This kid's going to be really freaking good. I just hope he sticks with it. And I know he will. Like, you know, being 17 years old, working, working that level already, I think he's going he's gonna to stay with it. But, you know, we got to find those guys everywhere. Um, so one key thing to think about, maybe talk about your U16 and U18 organizations. Talk to, you know, uh, guys that you played with. Like most of my friends that I played with are all gone at this point. And one of my best friends in this, that he, he worked higher levels than I did. We played together growing up. So talk to guys that you played with, talk to those local organizations, um, do everything you can. Like we got to put in the work guys. This problem is not going to fix itself as far as lack of officials go. Um, we got to do everything we can as a team of officials across the nation. It, it's to, and I tell you, as far as the team of officials go, it's getting smaller and smaller. Um, I'm going to be really curious to see what our number is come November or November 30th, rolling into December 1st on the USA side, seeing how many people from 2019 till now haven't come back. Because, you know, let's think about it prior to COVID, we generally averaged about 26,000 um, referees that registered with USA. And I know last year it was down a significant amount, rightfully so with COVID, because, you know, we didn't know what we didn't know. A bunch of teams didn't even play, a bunch of areas. But this year, most places are open for business, full capacity, full go, full send. And you know, there's 500 TBAs on a particular horizon site. So it's just going to be interesting. Um, I think I'm just going to wrap it up there. I, I appreciate you guys listening to me. Um, those that you, those of you that do decide to, to check this out. Um, thanks for listening to me kind of rant a little bit and kind of talk about this stuff. Um, hopefully recording this weekend with Brandon this is kind of a, a Thursday night, like, holy crap, you know, we're going into this weekend. I have a pretty late weekend for once, whatever, but um, I'm right back into it next week. So the biggest thing is keep yourself motivated, keep yourself going, do everything you got to do. Don't take the abuse and bust your ass out there. Um, and then something that was always said to, to my group, um skate hard have fun enjoy the game that's something that we got to remember enjoy the game with that said um i will catch you guys later eventually we're gonna release a new episode this is just a uh, again a thursday night rant of holy shit i need to talk and i got a lot on my mind so with that said we'll catch you guys soon <laughs>